Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. Morning. Welcome to Hope City, everybody. I'm Pastor Josh. I'm the senior pastor here. And I just want to say welcome. We are glad you're here. Uh, how many of you guys are back to normal from the holidays? You're back in a rhythm, back in a, a rhyme. Yeah, not me. It's crazy. It's, man, it's just been hard on me to get back in a rhythm. Uh, and let me start there by saying thank you. Uh, Wendy had a small procedure done on her wrist. She had carpal tunnel uh, repair surgery uh, a, a little over a week ago. And um, when you're on the side of usually giving, when you receive it, it's such a humbling experience. And for those of you who brought meals to the house, uh, can I just say thank you? That is such a precious thing that you would take time to cook for me and the family. And I just want to say thank you for that. So God bless you all, anybody who took part in that. And for that matter, anybody who's ever been a part of feeding anyone in need, just thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, I want to get into uh, the, the scripture, but I want to give you a couple of announcements. Uh, small group Sunday is in two weeks, uh, February 4th. I want to challenge each one of you to look deep uh, in yourselves and find something that you can offer to the body of Christ through the act of small groups. Let me explain. Um, I um, study the Bible a lot, but I very rarely have time to go to Bible studies. Uh, so what I'm deciding to do is, is I am going to do a small group at the dog park. We have a new dog that I want to get socialized. And so we're going to meet at the dog park probably every other Saturday morning, just for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, have a couple of scriptures, let the dogs fight and bring your cat and sacrifice it at the altar uh, of the dogs and cats are of the devil. Amen. Just delete that off the recording, please. <laughs> Don't need those emails. But uh, I, I, I say that, but uh, uh, can I tell you this? Find margin in your life uh, to be a blessing to other people. And that can start in small groups. And I promise you this. If you have a hobby, somebody else in a church this size enjoys doing what you do as well. Make it a small group. Consider leading a small group. We still need more Bible studies. We'll still need more content-based studies. And so uh, just pray and ask God if it's the right season for you. And uh, again, don't let me guilt you into doing it, but let me guilt you into doing it. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is the merch. I've had so many people talking about the, the hoodies and the sweatshirts and the t-shirts and all that stuff. Man, you guys have been sending lots and lots of texts, and I'm so excited about that. Uh, it will be available starting next week. Every drop of profit goes directly to the Hope Center. Uh, every, every drop of profit goes directly to the Hope Center. And so we're excited about that. Again, those will be made available next Sunday. Uh, we'll probably set up down in the library or something, so you can, you can go down there and grab those if you'd like. Today, I want to talk to you. We're going to fin uh, uh, continue into the better series. Uh, I want to talk to you today about your career. How do you make money? How do you bring increase to your family? And if you're going to have a better year financially this year than you had last year, uh, I believe there's some, some key characteristics in the scripture that you can apply uh, that will pay dividends to you uh, in your business life. And today we're going to get into that. So let's open our word to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. 
Uh, and we're going to read a couple of verses, and I'm going to tell you a story. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. I've entitled my sermon, uh, The Promise, the Pit, and the Palace. The Promise, the Pit, and the Palace. Today's going to be part one, and it's going to take two weeks for me to preach this to you, or we can stay here till three. Anybody takers till three? We'll just do two weeks. Okay, good. Thought you'd stay it that way. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. Uh, it says, The hand of the diligent will rule. The lazy man will be put to forced labor. Jump to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. It says this, commit your works to the Lord. Your thoughts will be established. Jump to Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 through 24. It says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, <clears throat> the reason why I rattle those off so fast is because I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Proverbs and all throughout the scripture speaks of the characteristics as far as we are seen by our fellow man. And why that is so important is because you and I who are saved, who are in Christ Jesus, are no longer representatives of ourselves but are now representatives of Jesus Christ. So when they see you in your labor, when they see you in functioning to bring increase to your house and your job and your career, can I tell you, you represent Christ. And so today we're going to talk about some powerful characteristics that we all find in the scripture, but we don't find them anywhere better than the life of a young man by the name of Joseph. Joseph's life and his story begins Genesis chapter 37, I implore you all to go read it. You'll be blessed by it. Uh, but uh, I'm going to give some scriptures today, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the entire chapter. Uh, but let me just say this. Let me give you some, some background on who Joseph is. Joseph is the son of Jacob, the grandson of Isaac, the great-grandson of Abraham. Okay? He is one of the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel, giving him 11 brothers who make up the other 11 tribes. Uh, Joseph began his life uh, kind of coddled and kind of cared for uniquely by his father. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, but he ended his life as a ruler of Egypt. And if you've seen the movie, The Prince of Egypt, the cartoon, it's a wonderful cartoon, uh, but it talks about uh, Joseph's life and, and getting him to a place to where he ruled in Egypt and what he went through to get to that point. And today we're going to talk about some characteristics that Joseph carries out, irrelevant of highs or lows in his life, he carries these characteristics. And let me just start there. Uh, we as believers should not be swayed by circumstances. Our emotion and our character should hold irrelevant of our circumstances. And it's high time that the church of Jesus Christ began with understanding to see that you and I have got to maintain our decorum, our positive energy, our effectiveness, irrelevant of the season. And can I tell you that? I, I'm, I'm telling you that because going into this year specifically, politically speaking especially, there's going to be tons of opportunity for you to be in the flesh, yes or no. You are not a representative of yourself. You represent Jesus Christ. Remember that. You are an, an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. Don't fall prey 
uh, to getting into earthly politics. The Bible says you're not of this world, right? Should you vote? Yes. But we should always go after souls, not being right. Amen. So remember that going into it. Uh, Joseph showed great character. Let's, let's, let's break Joseph's life down just for a minute. Joseph, um, his dad saw something in him very unique. And his dad gifted him something very unique. Joseph received a gift from his father, Jacob, a coat of many colors. Well, at the time, this was very expensive. Material being at a premium, to have one color uh, was one thing, but to have a coat of multiple colors uh, had to be handcrafted. It was probably a custom thing. Uh, and for him to be gifted that would cause him to stand out among the rest. Can I tell you, you've received a gift from your father that causes you to stand out. And the secret is finding what that gifting is and then functioning in your career according to that gift. The reason why we have the problems that we have is because we as believers have chased money, not passion and gifting. You see, growing up, I always remember going to uh, the counselor's office and, and she would say, what do you want to do with your life? I said, what makes the most money? Can I tell you this? What God has called you to do may not be the best paycheck, but it will always pay the greatest eternal dividend. And so today we're going to talk about characteristics that you and I in our labor and our day-to-day task in the marketplace have got to carry to represent the kingdom of heaven correctly. The first thing I want to talk to you about is vision. Vision. Vision is this. It's a look into the future that God has for you while you're still in the present. What does God have for you in your future? This is your vision. God has a vision for your life. When God looks down from heaven, he sees you in your current state that is in a a, a season of evolution for what he's calling you to do in the future. And this is why we have to be so careful that we don't despise where we're currently at. A lot of you right now say, listen, I know God's got a plan for my life. I know he's got a vision for my life, but this ain't it. Right? But can I tell you, uh, there used to be a little song that I used to sing as a kid. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. You remember that song? Uh, And here's the truth. Right now, you are perfectly positioned to increase who you are, where he's placed you, or where he's calling you to go to a different day. So don't despise where you're currently at. Can I tell you God's big enough to move you when it's time to move? He is just God enough to close doors when it's time to walk away. And he's still God enough to open doors when it's time to move on through them. And let me just say this as, as a side note, no charge for this at all. When, when, when it's God who's placed you where you're at, but it's up to you to be diligent in it. All too often, I wasn't going to come off stage this early, but uh, all too often, people try to blame their success on their positions. Well, I was just set up. I was given an opportunity. A friend got me a job. Can I tell you, nobody on earth has positioned you. God has placed you. We say, well, you don't know what I've been through to get where I'm at. Again, God has placed you. How can I say that with such faith? The Bible says that by God, rulers rule and princes reign. There is nothing established. There ain't a star in the sky. Not only did he hang it, but he named it. 
He is the God who is capable of placing you right where you're supposed to be. And just because you don't feel like where you're supposed to be, can I tell you your feelings will lie to you? I say, baby, hang in there. Hang in there and get what you're supposed to get. Can you imagine the first day you went to kindergarten, you said, this is some trash. When I was at home, I got these snacks when I want to eat snacks. I didn't have to count how many airplanes are on the sheet of paper. I didn't have to do none of this at home. So I'll just go to 12th grade and graduate now. Thank you. Good luck with that. You have to progress and gain and grow year after year, day after day. And can I tell you, God will let you repeat kindergarten if you ain't ready for first grade. So do you want to promote and you want to move on? Get what it is you're supposed to get. You say, well, you don't know about these people I deal with. They're part of the program, sweetheart. Until you learn how to maneuver those personalities because where he's calling you to, oh, there's even worse than what you're dealing with now. And until you learn how to maneuver those spirits, he ain't going to turn you loose with something else. He's a good father, yes or no? I need you to understand this because we have somehow, as believers, tapped into the world's system and how we make our money. And can I tell you this? We have to start here that it's God who brings every ounce of increase. It's God who's positioned you where you're at. And the reason why this is so important is because when you posture yourself in that way, you start with thankfulness, not frustration. I don't care how bad it is. God's placed you there for a reason. You say, well, I'm the only one saved where I work. Praise God. What a mission field. Set that place on fire for the Holy Spirit. Right? Start living in such a way that they desire what's in you for themselves, right? You say, well, Pastor Josh, I'm, 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 I'm not getting paid what I think I'm worth. Okay, stay where you're at. Start putting out some resumes. But don't stop providing for your family just because you feel like you need to be somewhere else. Can I tell you, God leads us through small steps. I see this all the time. People will make a massive jump, and God's never called us to make massive jumps. As a matter of fact, the only time in the Scripture, and I've shared this with you before, the only time we see the word leap in the Bible is when the devil tempted Christ to leap. Every time you see Christ leading, it's steps. The steps of the righteous are ordered by God. Right? We take small, meditated, thought-out steps. That's how we're supposed to function. I, I, the reason why I'm, I'm coming out of the out of the gun blazing so so hot today is because I see people who get themselves in, in, in financial pickles, and then they want to turn at God and say, "Why did you do this to me?" And now you've indicted God for your foolishness. And let me tell you something: there is no foolishness in Him. He is the apex of wisdom and understanding. And so if we do it his way, his ways are better than our ways, yes? So we're going to go to the scripture today. We're going to find a few characteristics that I believe we see in the life of Joseph that we can apply today. The first of which is vision. Vision. Joseph had two dreams. This is all in Genesis 37, by the way. Go read it. Not right now. Later. Joseph has two dreams. The first dream 
is that he is in a field of wheat and he is a bundle of wheat standing in the middle of a circle and there are under other bundles of wheat that are bowing to him. Now, Joseph had 10 older brothers, right? 10 older brothers. And these brothers uh, don't really like him because he walks around in this flamboyant jacket that his daddy made him. And the Bible makes no mistake. It says that he's favored by his father because of who Joseph's mother was. He was Jacob's favorite. Can I tell you, it's no fun being unfavored in the presence of someone who is favored. Oh, you missed that. Can I just tell you this? You are God's beloved. You will have favor and people around you won't understand it. Let me also share this. Favor isn't fair. And in a culture that screams fairness, it does not line up with a woke society. Well, so-and-so gets and I don't get It's called favor, baby. You see, the truth is, and this is why we got to be very careful that we don't get into the game uh, of comparison because comparison kills. You see, you may be watching somebody else be exactly where they're supposed to be, doing exactly what they're supposed to do, experiencing a season of overwhelming favor, and you don't know what they had to walk through to get there. So now you're judging your disobedience and your confusion by their life of absolute obedience and turmoil that got them where they are, and you wonder why you don't even got what they got? Come on, we know better than that, don't we? The truth is, is you got to walk the path God has for you. Each one of you has a coat of many colors. It's a multifaceted gift that can be used in a myriad of opportunities and moments that God has placed in your life so that when he calls you to where you're supposed to be, you're like a duck in water. And you can just function and flow. You can operate and you can see what he's called you in. See, that's what vision is. Vision is a picture of what God wants to do on earth from his throne in heaven. And he uses you to get it done. So vision is a powerful thing. So Joseph had a vision about being a, a, a stalk of wheat. Then he really has a crazy acid trip and he has a dream that there's a sun and a moon and 11 other stars bowing down to him. Well, here's what's crazy about that. And this will tie into future, uh, to, to vision really well because the Bible says that in his vision, there was a sun and moon, there's mom and dad, and there was 11 other stars bowing to him. Well, the problem was, is that he only had 10 brothers at the time. Benjamin hadn't been born yet. Vision always speaks to a better future. Vision always speaks to increase tomorrow. Vision always speaks about you activating a gift, about somebody being blessed because of what you see, God brings more to earth. That's vision, right? So we've got to get vision and understand vision. Vision will always speak of promotion, future, and increase. So he shares this with his brothers. He shares this with his parents. And yeah, they just wasn't having it. Uh, if one of you had a vision today and said, I was having another child, I'd probably be a little frustrated about it. <laughs> Nora is the bookend. It's time for grandchildren now. Not too soon, but that's the next babies that I'm going to be raising, right? Here's the, here's the reality, is that sometimes vision will call us 
out of our comfort. Vision will call us into a new season that we might have thought was over. Can I tell you, Abraham uh, uh, followed God out of his original people. Isaac followed God out of his original calling. Jacob wrestled with God. Why? Because there was, there was, there was a dislodging of their comfort. And so now that Joseph is having these visions, it falls in line with how God has operated with his great-granddaddy, his granddaddy, his daddy, and now him. And I love the picture of this. The picture of this is that vision sometimes outruns even our capability to understand it currently. Can I tell you, when, when I had the first vision of the Hope Center, I didn't see the walls. I didn't see how we were going to build it. I didn't see what it cost. I didn't see all the retention ponds. I didn't see all that. But as time continued, I got more pieces of the puzzle. I just began to trust God and kept trusting God and kept trusting God. And now when I'm out there walking those, those trees and all that dirt out there, it's like it's already built. But it's given piece after little piece, time in time, and, and it's walking with God and trusting him that what he gave me yesterday is not enough for what I need today. And he'll lead us through a perfect vision. So here's another thing we gain from this story. Be careful who you share your vision with. Be careful. Some of you have some incredible visions that the enemy would just love to shoot down. Have you ever shared something positive with somebody negative? Have you ever dealt with a God-sized vision, but you served it to a negative Nancy? Huh? Or a terrible Tyrone? Have you ever, you ever dealt with that? <laughs> now listen, here's what you got to be careful of. Surround yourselves with people who will help you carry your vision. Surround yourself with people. Even if they don't help you carry it, they'll cheer you on while you carry it. What you can't do is share what God's placed in your life with haters. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, there's going to be a time to where you will be absolutely grateful for your adversaries. Our adversaries are meant to be uh, uh, jet fuel. You tell somebody who's locked into a vision what they can't do, they just go faster doing it tomorrow. That's why the Bible says, uh, that he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. We don't start eating until people start hating. Right? But a lot of the drama that you and I deal with is because we put the, the vision in front of the wrong eyes. I'll never forget the first time the newspaper covered it. We said that we're going to do a, it's going to be different. It's not going to be a church. It's going to be a seven-day-a-week outreach center. And we put that out there. The next time I went to this meeting that I go to every once in a while with these pastors, one of them pulled me aside and he goes, what's the deal? I said, what do you mean? He goes, what, what, what's the deal? And I said, the deal is, is that most churches are an awful waste of space six days a week. And I said, if nothing else, open the doors and let somebody use the space. Let people use the parking at a minimum, please. But there were churches in town who would not even let you park in their parking lot during the week so that you could ride with somebody else to your job at the base. Can I tell you that it's all God's and we're just stewards of it? And so when the vision went out, the first people to hate are the ones closest to the vision sometimes. 
So Joseph gives it to his brothers. He said, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We bow to you. Punk, you forgot we're Jews. You will be bowing to us. We are your older brothers. And when daddy dies, I'm taking that coat. Because everything he owns, we're going to own as your older brothers. You better enjoy the favor now. Tell me we're going to bow. And I can just hear them talking. See, this is the way haters talk. All they do is hate all the time. But they hate extra hate when they're around other haters. Y'all must not know haters. See, they get talking like this. Man, you believe so and so and so and so. Can you believe Jim? I see her at the gym. Me and Wendy see her at the gym. And it's like, why is she at the gym? Why is she always doing push-ups? Why is she always, she's got the best shoes. Why are her shoes that clean at the gym? It don't even make sense to hate on her. She's over there just doing what, what she's feeling like she should be doing. Somebody go, oh, okay, here's she at the gym again. Okay, okay. And you're like, why would you hate on somebody just trying to, just trying to do what makes their life better? But it happens all the time. You, if you would get honest with me, you could look back in your week and find some haters. And here's the trick. Don't entertain it. Because you can put a hater hat on so quick just because of listening to them. Because here's what they'll do. They'll try to get you to hate with them. And it starts like this. I saw so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And then they'll say, Pat, can you believe that they was doing what I think I seen them doing. And then Pat will say, oh, I didn't see them doing it. Okay. <laughs> okay. You don't entertain them. Now you become the focus of the hate. All because you wouldn't party in the hate party. Right? Let's be different than the world. Let's celebrate victories for each other. Right? I see this all the time. Man, oh, I, was, I wasn't going to preach this today, but I, I just, vision is such a valuable thing that we've got to steward it correctly. And when you're around the wrong people, they will get in your way and become speed bumps between you and what God has called you to do. It's okay to amputate relationships every once in a while. Surround yourself with believers. People can be one of two things. They're either anchors or they're motors. You're either stopping me or you're propelling me. That's it. There ain't no free rides out here. You're either going to be encouragement or discouragement. Identify yourself the first time I meet you so I don't waste any time. Gracious Lord Jesus. Genesis 37, 11 says this. And his brothers envied him. That's the secret right there. That's what the haters don't want you to see. They just mad because they don't see their vision yet. And most of them never will. They'll be so busy hating that they will leave this earth missing what God intended for them to do. The most wealthy soil in the world is the cemetery. It is full of unlaunched potential. And people got so caught up worrying about what you were supposed to be doing and what God called you to do. They never did what they were supposed to do. Let me put that in different text. Some of y'all might be so worried about what God's calling somebody else to do. Wake up. 
Wake up. God's got a coat of many colors for you. Better get that. Be careful who you share your vision with. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. The next thing, after you get vision, you got to have initiative. You see, because if you, if you have vision, but you don't have initiative, your vision never graduates from just being a dream. You see, a dream plus initiative becomes vision. Oh, man. Like three people are getting this. That's okay. Those three people are going to have a great 2024. You have the ability that God has blessed you with to take the dream that he's put in your heart and bring it to pass. God no longer functions on earth alone. He partners with us. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? He was telling us that God's creativity, and, and go look, you can argue with this all day long. Go read it in the Bible. God's creativity stopped in Genesis. He created everything you're ever going to need. And he says, now it's on you. Now you take what I've given you and go make something with it. And so many believers are sitting on their, on their laurels waiting on God to do something. He's saying, no, baby, it's in your court now. Take the initiative. Here's the story. Uh, Jacob tells Joseph, he goes, hey, I sent your brothers over to Shechem to check the flocks. I need you to go check on them, make sure they're where they're supposed to be. You know your brothers, they can be a little. So Joseph takes off for Shechem, and he gets to Shechem. None of them to be found, they're gone. And he finds an old man. Go read this in chapter 37 of Genesis. He finds this old man. He goes, hey, you see any Jacob's boys around here? Any of my brothers around here? He goes, yeah, they came through here. They're over in Dothan. That's funny because we got a Dothan night right here, right? Everybody's like, you mean Alabama? No. (laughs) Roll tides in the Bible? No. Praise God, I knew it. (laughs) People funny, ain't they? They go to this little town called Dothan. Joseph was only instructed to go to Shechem. Watch this. Watch this. His dad said, go to Shechem. Find your brothers. Joseph goes to Shechem. They wasn't there. He could have went home to his dad. Well, they wasn't there. But I told you to go find your brothers. Well, technically, you said go to Shechem and find them, and they weren't there. You can either make excuses to do less you can have the initiative to get it done. So he goes to Dothan. Shechem is about 50 miles away from Jacob's house. Dothan is just like another 15 miles past Shechem. So a 50-mile trip goes just a little further, like 30% more. So Joseph extends just a little more. Can I tell you, if you're willing to do just a little more than the person next to you, If you're willing just to extend just a little more, just go a little further for a client, go a little further for your boss, go a little further for your team. Can I tell you something? You will walk in favor. Why? Because it's a a spiritual principle, right? That, That the Bible says that he crowns our effort with success. Your effort will be crowned with success. But it says your effort, not thinking about it. It's your actual effort. You're functioning in what you've been asked to do. Your obedience. So he goes to uh, Dothan. And there he finds his 10 brothers. 
with the sheep they should have been with in Shechem. Well, the problem is, and this is where you got to study the word. Doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Grass is grass, right? No, grass is not grass. In Genesis chapter 34, there was a bit of a battle in Shechem. Jacob had a daughter who was raped in Shechem. And the same ones that Jacob sent back to Shechem with the flocks pulled over some shystiness. Jacob said to extend grace, but the brothers, they, 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 they put it in their heart to destroy the people of Shechem because of what happened to their sister. And here's what's interesting. They're operating in the flesh and not obedience. Boy, if you will just operate in obedience with a little bit of initiative, what you could accomplish this year, oh my Lord, just get ready. Just get ready. So, and let me give you the, the rest of the story. So uh, they go, and, and remember, these are Abraham's great-grandchildren. They are incredibly wealthy. And the people of Shechem take advantage of one of their sisters. And so to get them back, they say, hey, people of Shechem, here's what we're going to do. We want to be your partners. Basically, you have stepped over the marriage with our daughter, with our sister now, and, and, and so now she's yours. And you're going to be our partners. So here's what we need you to do. To, to take half our cattle, to take half our land, to be partners with us, and basically family, that what we have, you have, what you have, we have. All you have to do is be circumcised. They say, amongst themselves in Shechem, they say, sounds like a pretty good deal. All we got to do is be circumcised. We become heirs to Abraham's blessings. Oh, man, that's too good to be true. Get the knives. Here we go. And here's what's interesting. All the men of Shechem got circumcised under a false pretense. And they knew this situation well enough that day one, lots of pain. Day two, even worse. Day three was the worst day. Day four, you started healing, getting better. Day five, day six, back to work. Day seven, you're basically back to normal. On day three, they took their swords, sons of Jacob, because they raped their sister and they murdered every man in the city of Shechem. Not just the guilty ones. They took the life of every man. Go read the scripture. That's what it says. So Jacob, by telling them to go take their flocks to Shechem, was a bigger thing than just go feed the sheep. He was saying, you go as a living witness back to Shechem where you blew it and you let them know that God's blessing is still in our house. You go back to the people that you destroyed, their fathers, their sons, their uncles. You let them see that God is still God. They do. Went around Shechem up to Dothan. You're going to find that if you will show initiative, you will expose people doing it halfway every time. You see, when you're obedient, nothing shines the light on weak people like an obedient person. Oh, they're going to hate you for it. Why you put in all these hours? You're going to make the rest of us look bad. No, you're making yourself look bad. I'm doing what God's called me to do. Because remember, we started this whole thing with what we do, we do is under the Lord. 
You think you're doing all this for Walmart? You think you're doing all this for the boss? You think you're doing all this for whoever we work for? I'm doing this as under the Lord. So you do it your way. I'm going to do it God's way. So Joseph finds them in Dothan. Check this out. And they're like, Dad, gummit. Dad. You're going to tell Dad. And we almost, chapter 34, they were almost ejected. And they say, if he gets back to Dad with this, it's going to cost us everything. We know he already likes Joseph better than us. Did you get a coat? I didn't get a coat. Did you get a coat? I didn't get a coat. Right? They begin in themselves to, to have conversation about Joseph. Can I tell you, people will hate you for doing what God called you to do. People will hate you just for going the extra mile. You trying, you trying to make us all look bad? No. No, I'm just trying to take a little more initiative. They asked me to do something. I'm just going to take an extra step forward just to show them that I'm grateful for the opportunity. And so, the Bible says, they set in their minds to kill Joseph. <sighs> got vision. Got initiative. Last thing I'm going to talk about today, just for two minutes. The last characteristic I'll get to today. I got a few more next week. Confidence. Confidence. You can't have initiative without confidence. You see, they took Joseph. And this is the word. This ain't me. They threw him in a pit. And it even goes to say that there was no provision in the pit. They stripped him from his coat. You know what they told him? They said, give me that favor. Let me take from you what dad gave you. And let's just see how big of a boy you are now. Dad's not here. Daddy's not here. Give us the coat, Joseph. Fill him in a pit. And I tell you, my scripture says, the gifts of God are without repentance. You can take my coat, but you can't have my gift. Right? So they threw Joseph in the pit thinking the favor was gone. Baby, all they did was call him a supernatural Uber into his next. <laughs> Am I lying? Those of you who know the story. Guess what happened? The next day, some slave traders came through. They said, we ain't going to kill him. We're going to make a couple bucks off of him. And the adventure that God began in Joseph's life, what they thought they were tearing down, they were building the foundation. See, that's what favor will do. When people begin to attack you, your confidence in who God has called you to be will allow you to stand in moments that other people would fall. You see, if we go read the whole story, and again, we'll finish it next week, I promise you, don't miss next week. It's a lot better than this week. Joseph was confident in his coat. He was confident without his coat. He was confident in the pit. He was confident as a slave. He was confident as a servant. He was confident as a prisoner. He was confident as a ruler. He was confident even in his death. So how do you know that? He said, hey, when we get to the promised land, take my bones with you. Is that what it says or not? This brother had the confidence that what his father had put on him, no man could take. Oh, favor, baby. And each one of you, here, here's, here's, let, me, let me just, 
bring all this together for you. God has given you favor and a gift. And if you're in the right lane, you can't fail. The problem is, is we got people in the wrong lane. We got people in the wrong lane. You see, I, I, I can chase my lane or I can look at Nate and say, Nate, I, I like what you got coming. I'm going to step in your lane. Problem is, I don't wear his coat. I don't have his gift. I don't have his blessing. I got my blessing and my favor and my calling. Right? So if I step over here in Nate's and I'm frustrated because, man, Nate is running off and leaving me. This sucker selling all kind of real estate, able to fish five days a week. I, I don't remember last time I wet a hook. Right? All because instead of looking at the favor, I got my eyes on the finish. That's not the way things are done. You've got to have the confidence that what God has placed in you is for you and has a success already attached to it. So what's our job? Our job is to find the lane, to know our gift. What is it you were created to do? That's why I tell my kids all the time, listen, let's find your passion. We'll find a way to bring money from it. Don't worry about it. Because see, if you work in your passion, you never work a day in your life. It's joy. My average week is about 70 hours. My average week. I love it. I love it. Because I'm not functioning on my strength. I'm functioning on the gift that he gave me. It's not my joy. It's his joy that's my strength. Right? So some of you in here, you're very frustrated. So I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. No. You're just on your way to your lane. You got you to frame your mind correctly here. Because if not, you'll make too many moves too fast and you'll miss your lane. Galatians 6, 9. Don't grow weary in well-doing. In due time, you'll reap a harvest if you don't quit. Right? There's a harvest coming. Don't get in a hurry. You see, you go too fast, you outrun the blessing. You move too slow, it outruns you. How do you know? How do you know when it's time to go? God opens the doors and closes the doors. You ain't got to be out here grinding in your own right, trying to always jump from here to here to here to here. You be patient and you wait on the Lord. That's what the scripture says. They that wait on the Lord, he'll renew their strength. Can I tell you, that's all you got is wait. Opportunities will come. But get what you're supposed to get where you are. So that way, when the opportunity does come, you're equipped. We got people out here, man, they're trying to jump from kindergarten to senior high. All because they're looking at you. They're looking at you. They're looking at you. They're looking at you. And they say, man, that blessing because of where they're at, I'm just going to start where they are. They would be vastly anemic for what's necessary to accomplish what you're accomplishing right now. Why? Because the journey has equipped you. You see, the jacket was a gift. That, that's given to everybody. But did you walk out the vision? Right? Were you confident? Did you show initiative? Because those are the items that begin to make some people victorious and some people stagnant. God can open a door all day long and you not walk through it. 
But my desire is that everybody here in 2024 hearkens diligently. That's what scripture says. Husbands, hearken diligently into the word of the Lord. When he says go, we go. Until he says go, we stay. Don't get ahead of the spirit of God. Don't get behind. Learn to labor to enter into the rest where you are. Know that God has placed you where you're at for a purpose. And if you'll do those three things right where you're at, have confidence. Show initiative, right? And then lastly, what was the first thing I said? Huh? That's right. Most important part. Know that greater things are still to come. Just knowing that one thing can give you all the peace you need. Amen. God has greater things tomorrow than he had for me today. Right? If you think having more in 24 is great, wait till we thrive in 25. <laughs> I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. Y'all stand up. Let me pray for you. Yeah. We serve a good God. Lord, we love you. We just thank you for your blessings. We thank you for the, the overflow. Uh, Lord, here's what I ask. Just release a picture to those who can't find vision. Let them see purpose. A lot of times our frustration and our fears because we can't see you and what you're doing. So give us that. Let us see. For those who have uh, clarity of vision, uh, set them on fire to run the good race. Let them show great initiative to go extra steps, to do more that's required of them. Lord, help us all to be more confident in who you've called us to be. Uh, it's just a beautiful thing, the confidence that you've put in us. That irrelevant of our gifting, we just have to walk in it. I thank you for that confidence. Lord, bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Help us to rest in the place that you've called us to be. Help us to get what it is we're here to get. Help us to grow in how we're supposed to grow. Develop the strength and the gifts that you've brought us to this place to develop. And I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to rest in you in such a way that we know when it's time to move, you'll open the door. Thank you for that. We trust you. The creator of heaven and earth is interested in my day. And that fact's not lost on us today. Thank you for that. I pray you'd bring us back next week with more wisdom and more of your word locked away in our heart. Give you the glory and the praise. You alone are worthy of our praise. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.